Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, Chris Migliaccio, or as... Did I say that right? Did I get it right? The G is kind of silent, which is really confusing, because it's much easier to say Migs and not like Mills, but... And that's secretly why I've always just said Migs, not just because it's your Instagram handle. I'm like, I'm going to fuck up his name if I try and say it in full. Um... And here we are. Here we are. This makes it seem like we don't even know each other. You know, we just haven't had the chance for me to explain Italian grammar rules to you, Garrett. Well, I wanted to say, and with me as always, Chris Migliaccio, or as Chris Pratt would say in the new Mario movie, Chris Migliaccio. <laughs> it's a me. Uh, I am not surrounded by muffins today. I've honestly, like, I've cooled down a little. Like, I've chilled out. Um, I don't know. Have, are you mad? Are you more angry at Tony Khan this week? You were, like, you weren't didn't seem too mad last week. I mean, I was kind of annoyed at Tony Khan. Um, I mean, at the very least this week, we found out that he's not all bark and he has some bite himself because a steel is fired. <laughs> So that's did, good. He, I, did he do it though? Ace, I need to see you in my office. But there's just like a cage between them. There's there is some sort of barrier where Ace Steel cannot get to Tony Khan. Someone well, I mean, again, based on we know when this man gets mad, he throws chairs and bites people. So it was I'm wondering though, I feel like Tony Khan needs a like a side maybe. See, here's what that's what he could use Big Cass for. Big Cass is the bad news deliverer. <laughs> here's the thing I don't think Ace Steel's afraid to bite Big Cass. Yeah, but Big Cass will kick him. And again, he's Dime Store Sid. We'll give him some scissors. It'll be fine. Didn't we see Big Cass cry a lot, though? In that, do you remember that NXT like TV series? Uh, it ran on no. the WWE Network where it was kind of a reality show following some of the guys in the background. Fuck, I don't remember. It was, a, it was incredible if you didn't watch it. Did he cry as much as Braun Strowman in that Control Your Narrative that we watched? <laughs> God damn it, guys. We Okay, Friday night, Chris and I controlled our narratives again. And... It's a step up, man. Like I am, I'm hurting that Braun Strowman left this promotion. He left us with some gold. It did. It was better than the first one. Um, there was still a very long EC3 monologue at the top because they were there was someone. I think it was Jake Logan who they were like dragging through the streets, and then he was like, "I want an opportunity," and they had him tied up. And EC3 gave a very long monologue about what this guy needed in his life and if he was really committed, including a point uh, where he said, um, are you ready for someone to, like, sleep with your wife? Which seemed to imply to us that, that EC3 has prima noctare on anyone, <laughs> anyone's wife in Control Your Narrative. Maybe why things aren't going so well. I don't think he discriminates, though. He sleeps with everyone's significant others, paros, doesn't matter who. It is a power thing. It isn't a sex thing. 
It is it is to dominate your employees. I actually think Vince McMahon had prima nocta. I think that was in a that was in contracts, and there were certain wrestlers that didn't. I think um, Sergeant Slaughter didn't love that. Jeez, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's. I mean, that makes sense for Vince. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense for Vince. That's, I mean, some percentage of the hush money is just people who wanted to come forward about the Prima Noctare. There is a, like, somebody is going through this and Triple H is like, what is the Prima Nocta fund? (laughs) There's there's so much money in here. (laughs) That's. He found he found that fund and was like, we never needed to fire the Good Brothers. We could have just kept them all. <laughs> that's where that's why they hired back Braun Strowman and the Good Brothers and Bray Wyatt. They just they found all this money they've been sitting on. That's amazing. I love this. Tony Khan would never call Prima Nocta. No, it just does not seem. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to specifically comment on. He just just that just doesn't seem like his vibe. No, 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 no. Like, Just that um, at all. I, I mean, his vibe to me is timid, uh, timid cocaine guy. Yeah, he's the ki- he's the kind of guy in high school you'd like be like okay with dating your sister because you know that there's no way he would pull a move. He's just that, too polite. Yeah. Just too polite and a little, a little scared. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. So after, actually, just going back to last week for just a moment and how angry I was, did Mm -hmm. you happen to see how how angry Uncle Dave got? (laughs) Uncle Dave finally had unkind words for Mr. Khan. Well, yeah, he was was pretty pissed. I I actually listened to that. He was really pissed about (laughs) them not coming forward and talking about all of the, really really basically the, the brawl out stuff where he just did not, they've not been forthcoming and he was like, Basically, no one would do this. He was like, New Japan tells you when someone's got a fucking cold and announces changes to the card. You know, you got to be better than this, Tony Khan. Like a disappointed dad or maybe uncle. Maybe he's Uncle Dave. He's just a disappointed uncle. He's for sure Uncle Dave. Yeah. He's he's sitting in his, honestly, like if he were on Sesame Street, he's certainly Oscar the Grouch in this, just surrounded by garbage in his little room. And... um, (laughs) Well, and then, of course, they casually, this week on, on Dynamite last night, they casually just started mentioning the Elite and s- showing CM Punk in video packages again. It's like nothing happened. Wait, okay, so I did miss, like, the first three minutes of the show. You had texted me and said they had mentioned the Elite again. In what context did they just, they were like, they, they're, they're real. In the context of the six-man tag team titles. That the Elite they, had won the titles at All Out. That they did. They did. They did. They were vacated by the elite. That was true. And then then when they did the ROH champion montage, Punk was one of them. Okay. I showed a picture of him. I I don't know. It's it is it's just bizarre. Like if this were any other sport, they'd kind of like tell you they'd say something. They would acknowledge to the fans that a thing happened. That has not happened here. And you're pissing off Uncle Dave, guys. Don't He's, piss off Uncle like, Dave. Yeah, what what has he ever done to you besides give you seven stars for matches? I don't think he's ever said an unkind thing about... I mean, he probably has rated something on Dark Five Stars. 
I'm not sure he's done that. Well, maybe one of the early dark matches. I don't know. Um, not recently. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we're not. He's not keeping up with that either. No, no, he, no one's. Come on. He's really. seen a lot of wrestling, but even he has stuff to do. Like, yeah, that's going to the bank time. He doesn't need <laughs> he doesn't need that. He does. He he's uh he's paper. He's got to go. He's got to go balance his checkbook and <laughs> write some paper checks and pick up an, some new copies and, you know, print out issues of the Observer to mail to people, you know. <laughs> so, OK, so do do we want to keep talking about control your narrative? I mean, we watched an entire show. Yeah. Um, and really. The matches were fine. They were, it's still that weird cutscene thing from the first one, but I don't know. They seemed, it seemed a little bit better. Maybe they were slightly longer. And so there were fewer of them, which was slightly less annoying, I guess. Um, but I think two things really stuck out. Uh, number one, uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange were up in the balcony like Statler and Waldorf commenting after every match. And it was legitimately one of the best things I've seen on a wrestling show in a long time. They should just do that for AEW. Yeah, that was something I've never seen in any wrestling. And it seemed like with this show, they heard the, they they must have heard some sort of complaints or at least read the comment section on an internet thread of people who had watched the first show. It was, it was humorless. There was no joy in this show. Right. And and to be clear, again, the narrator did at one point call a match a violent ballet with physicality and competition. So, I mean, there's not a total, like, self-awareness here. But the daddy magic and cool hand Ange of it all did suggest that they had some self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. It Even just these 30-second clips of them busting the wrestlers balls or just making fun of the idea of this show altogether changed everything for me. It actually, it transformed matches that I can't tell you a thing about a single one of those matches, to be honest. Um, but I can tell you, I did enjoy watching the show because the icy Chris, I see your, your brain working. Are you thinking back to those specific matches to see if there's anything that stuck out? Yeah. Uh, I remember Jervis Cottonbelly did some things. That was interesting. Oh, he got beat up by Pero. Right. That was interesting. I have vague recollections of that. I feel like we felt the EC3 versus Braun match was tolerable. It was kind of violent. It was pretty violent. I think that's what we recall. It was like, well, that felt more violent than we thought it would get. And then I remember like EC3 stuck around for a really long time. Like he was the last guy to leave the building. He... Uh, I, I believe he mopped the floors. He left the... They were at that GCW venue, I think, in Philly. Well, no, I don't think it was. I think we found out, though. No, it was in Florida, I think. Oh, no, the, you're right. They were... It's... I don't know. It claimed that they were at the one that No Peace Underground does their shows at, the Deathmatch shows. But, God, it really looked like that one in Philly that's, uh, that GCW ran. Because they, they had that bar right next to the ring. I don't know. And I look, I, I think I, you said it, and then I thought they were out shots outside, and I was like, I've spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. I went to college in Philadelphia. You're right, that's Philadelphia. And then at the end credits, we realized, no, that's Florida. And 
just from the bottom of my heart, I want to apologize to the entire city of Philadelphia for confusing Florida with you. Um, Which is worse, though, Philadelphia or Orlando? Orlando. Are you sure? Orlando has Epcot. Philadelphia has cheesesteaks and, like, the best dive bars in the country. You telling me that I can't walk around the world at Epcot and get a cheesesteak? There's not a Philly section of Epcot? It's not going to be good. It's going to, you know what? Uh, I disagree. Some kid's going to be screaming at you. If you're, if it's two in the morning and you're at uh, whichever one of the, of Pat's and Gino's isn't racist, I can never remember. I always have to double check. Um, (laughs) There's not going to be a kid running around disrupting your cheesesteak eating. How do you double check? Do you walk up to both windows holding a photo of somebody in a minority group and just see what is said back? I think you can Google it. My Philly friends remember. I think it's Geno's. I think Pat's is the good one. I think Pat's is the good one. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) But Philly also really does have the best. That's why I like it's great that GCW. I would love to see a a GCW show in that bar at some point. I would go to a settlement series show in that bar if they if that's what they. But I think they're running all of them in Jersey. But um, yeah, I just love. Philly dive bars. They're the fucking best. I actually, I got very kind of sad news today. The owner of the dive bar we used to went to, went to in college passed away. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. He apparently he created a, a homey atmosphere. And I know this because in college we used to call that bar home. Oh, <laughs> we spent so much time there. That's a, is it, was it one of those kind of bars that you had a mug on the wall? Like you were enough of a regular that you had your own Stein? No, no, but um, it was it was just kind of cheap enough that we could like liter- First of all, we could walk there from campus, which was very important because no one was in- capable of driving back. Um, we could you could kind of go through like a back way out out the Haverford campus and up through like suburban side streets up to this bar, um, and. Uh, and like literally, like on a Saturday night, a pitcher of beer was four dollars, which is kind of incredible. And it was Yinling, I want to point out, which is still delicious, much better than anything else anyone would serve you at four dollars a pitcher. You were able to get Yingling in New York. Oh, this was uh, Pennsylvania. Pencil. I actually didn't even know it was in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, I guess you were just talking about Pennsylvania. Yeah, but like, and it I is. Know- it's very like that's basically the pen. It's brewed in Pennsylvania. It's like that's the Pennsylvania beer. Um. It's like you just, if you're in Pennsylvania, Yidling is just f- basically freely available. Um, Man, I, I guess I just assumed that was a Southern thing. No, yeah, it's like it's brewed in Pennsylvania. It gets down, yeah. it gets into like the mid, like right into the South, like Maryland, Virginia. Yeah, so it's, in, it's in Tennessee. Like that is a beer that uh, we typically, we have some friends back in Illinois that like it a lot. So we always grab a case and take it home. Good for them. You have friends with good taste, Garrett. Thank you. Speaking of friends, uh, I've got my new Hardway heater hoodie on. Mm. Uh, it just came in the mail today. I will tell you whoever is printing these these boys. It is a handsome hoodie. I like this. I got a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Cheap, 25 bucks for a That's hoodie. very reasonable. Very reasonable. Uh, but if you are going on to order this, this bad boy, just a heads up, they run small. This is an extra large. I wish I had ordered two sizes up. To be honest. Oh, okay. So it's it's a little tight, but uh, I like the way it looks, and I support my friend. He actually just had his 
match, uh, the KOBK guys had their show last week. I turned on IWTV to try and watch it today. Not there. This app is insane to me, and I never know how to find anything on it. <laughs> what, and look, they, they got to step it up because uh, pro wrestling TV is in, in completely free. Um, it's got Control Your Narrative, Warrior Wrestling, Women's Wrestling Army, and AAA. Um, now, here's the one downside to the pro wrestling.tv app that I think I have to point out. Which go go download it if if you're hearing this it, again. It's free, and there does seem to be a lot of very good wrestling on there. Obviously, because it's free, it's ad supported. Um, a lot of the ads repeat. Um, I saw an ad for Men's Warehouse in Spanish seventeen times in one day. <laughs> what what were you were you watching AAA that they're like? Well, obviously, no, is- no. I was I I started watching the episodes of Women's Wrestling Army. I was sort of interested in that, and I was you know, um, and uh, just they just kept feeding me this ad over and I over like again. The, I, I wish more of these streamers weren't as intuitive and just guess your age, gender, and ethnicity, and just throw <laughs> you know just throw anything at you. <laughs> So what? that's actually a pretty good lineup of stuff on this app. When did it launch? I didn't know about it until you brought it up the other day. No clue. <laughs> that's that's I don't so know. bizarre. Like, yeah. I mean, they must, those people must be making some money. I would, Warrior Wrestling's got some pretty damn good cards. I would think they would, they must be making money if they aren't just putting it on like IWTV or I mean, is High Spot still a thing? I think it's still a thing. Yeah, I learned about it because MLW. Well, I think I'd heard the name before, but then MLW is going to be putting Fusion up there, which, I mean, you can find MLW. I don't know, basically everywhere. So I, I don't know if that's a big selling point for the app. Um, but yeah, and so I was, I was like, I clicked the link, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is free. <laughs> Maybe I thought it was paid. I don't know. I really have no idea what I was thinking about this app. Uh, that they should get the word out because. Um, it's again, it's in, very free and it's, it's good. They had TNT extreme, I think is to, as well. So I think they've got some of the GCW guys in England. Um, Oh, nice. Well, I will say with, uh, I, I have mostly, I have three TVs, two of them have Apple TV. One has a fire stick and on the fire stick went upstairs. I go to IWTV and I'm trying to find circle six again. Mm-hmm. So I put in circle six. And I have to speak it into the thing when I do it because uh, it's not actually searching anything. I say Circle Six, and it brought up uh, some Oregon public access radio channel and that played and never gave me wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> and never found that. So, and then when I finally was able to play IWTV, uh, uh, who is the the lady that speaks through Amazon? Is that Alexa? Alexa, yeah, yeah, Alexa. Although Every you time can name her click... anything you want. Oh, okay. Well, I might have to change her name. She Every time I'd click to fast forward, she would say, I cannot perform that function. <laughs> so basically, Fire TV is like, oh, you will be watching the show start to finish or you will not be watching it at all. Um, so I don't know. Then I come downstairs trying. I don't fucking These it, apps are shit. 
Is that better on it? Because the yeah, I, I, the one, it's one of the things I don't like about IWTV on the Fire Stick is it's incredibly hard to fast forward. Like you can kind of do it, but it's like like ten second increments, ten fucking second increments. If you do it on the Apple TV, you can just scroll back and forth at your your leisure. Oh, I did notice by the way, though. Just speaking of these apps, while we're down this rabbit hole, I watched a, a little bit of New Japan this week. And it does appear that their timestamps, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed before, if you, like, fast-forwarded on, on New Japan World on the apps, yeah. it, like, the time would just sort of bear no relation to anything. Mm-hmm. They seem to have fixed that. Well, that's nice of them. They, yeah. It, they're like, well, man, somebody behind the scenes is like, while we're watching the same match for the 400th time during the pandemic, maybe I can fix this timestamp thing. <laughs> And then during during the three hundredth tag match involving involving Desperado and Tomowaki Hanma, they were just like, "I'm good. I think we can do this. I don't think I need to pay attention to this. I'm going to fix this other thing." Yeah, maybe. Um, Honestly, these app problems. What Braun Strowman was crying about and control your narrative. <laughs> you know, I really did want to get back there because he sobbed. So there's a scene in the bar where Braun and EC3 are talking. And they're talking about the things and the man who's done things to you, which is cl- clearly Vince McMahon. And he, Braun is sobbing so hard, like so incredibly hard um, that we, I think we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what on earth he was crying about. And I think our expectation was that uh, my, my first guess was that he saw Vince's dong and, and that that did it for him. <laughs> He's not he's not crying because it's huge. He's crying because it's weird. It's unlike anything he's ever seen. It's bright red and a little curly, kind of like a cat penis. <laughs> it is also barbed. I liked but Garrett, I liked your interpretation of what he might be crying about. Uh what did I I, mean, I actually don't remember what I said to be honest. Uh too many drinks Garrett and or uh, sleep deprivation. Um, you, you are. Uh, your belief was that it involved seeing Randy Orton's poop. Oh my god! <laughs> he was just thinking back to that time that Randy Orton shit in his bag, and there's nothing he could do about it because he was a rookie. And you gotta let Randy uh, assault you like this. Like this is a, a, a fraternity. He had to watch him take that poop, and it was a weird color. It's the it's the color of a man who only had coffee and cigarettes for breakfast. It's like, how is he pooping purple? How does that even make sense? What goes through his body that makes that color? <laughs> he ate twelve gogurts. He ate twelve gogurts, and that's uh, that's that's how we got there. God, twelve what? gogurts, coffee, and cigarettes. That's that's all. All that goes into Randy Orton. <laughs> See, that should be on this show. We should start taking bets on things that are going to happen in pro wrestling and start dishing out punishments to those who get it, who lose the bet. So that one of us does have to smoke a pack of cigarettes and eat 12 gogurts. Or um, honestly, I've had the pun. I've had this in my head for weeks and I keep meaning to bring it up okay. just because I want somebody to do this. Um, I don't think any of the punishments have to be wrestling related even. Okay. Are you familiar with the the uh, butt rock band Five Finger Death Punch? 
uh, I'm aware of the name because when you hear the name Five Finger Death Punch, you don't ever forget that. I'm trying to think. I think I'm thinking in terms of songs. I think as I'm thinking about their songs, I'm thinking about Finger Eleven songs. So I probably (laughs) don't know them very well. Um, I think I actually can think of a Finger Eleven song off the top of my head. I think. Uh, I can't think of a five finger death punch song, but okay. I have an I, I can look at a photo of them and I hear it by just seeing. I don't need to hear it. But they are a uh, like a butt rock metal band, and they are currently on tour with a uh, pop country act named Brantley Gilbert, a co-headline metal and pop country together. And to me, these are two acts that military wives love, and I think it would be a very bad time to go and this is a punishment to somebody i want somebody i know to go to this and report back uh but i think i think part of the punishment would be you have to hit on at least one military wife i don't i I, i'm not gonna condone that i'm not randy i'm not i was gonna say randy or i'm not ec3 you don't you don't have to take other people's significant others at least one of them is divorced. Come on. You can find try and find the divorced one. It's okay. What does she look like? Um, she's uh she's got blonde hair, very blonde hair, down exactly to her shoulders. Um, her jeans are bedazzled. Very yes, aggressively bedazzled. Um Does Affliction make t shirts for women? I think they do, but I think they're past that. Um I think I do think the affliction thing may be over, um, but the um, their shirt is also bedazzled. I think. Okay, yeah, you're describing people I I know. I mean, I, you're describing people I could walk down to Broadway that are at Kid, at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk as we speak. See here, here I think is the interesting question. You can tell who they're there for by the shoes they wear. If they're there for Brantley Gilbert, it's cowboy boots. If they're there for Five Finger Death Punch, um, they have they brought out their pair of Converse. Okay, so I think what the the bet is is we do a Braun Strowman meet and greet, and we ask him, "What were you thinking about to work up that many tears?" Like it seemed like you were only supposed to cry a little bit, and you accidentally cried a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish we could describe his feud. He's He's not like it in context, right? You'd think he'd be like working up a tear, right? Like the that's what Gary's because you think he'd be like, okay, there's a, a silent tear falling down. I call um, it the Ben Affleck tear, like in a movie where, like, you know, he turns to the camera and there's just one single tear going down the cheek, right? But he's he's aggressively sobbing, like waterworks flowing, like the way that I mean, quite frankly, most of us only cry in the shower that hard. I mean, really, it was just. <laughs> And and as he's crying, he's not talking. Keep in mind, EC3 is actively like giving him one of his ten minute monologues. Like, think about what Bray Wyatt used to do in WWE, where he just like, "Hey, man," and then just like nonsense for ten minutes, and then like the crowd's like, ah. "This is the opposite." He's just monologuing nonsense. Braun Strowman, a man who looks like he's never cried before, EC3 broke him. Broke him. He hasn't even. They haven't even fought yet. This is him convincing him to come fight, and all he did was make him weep. 
The man controlled you. He built you up just to destroy you. When he was done with you, he discarded you. And Braun is just, and and they are in, by the way, um, as as we found out at the end of the credits, a karaoke bar. In Orlando. In Orlando. They're in a karaoke <laughs> bar in Orlando. <laughs> and the, it is a goddamn shame they couldn't get the rights to have just anyone in the background. Like, <laughs> like, like as Braun Strowman's crying, there's like a, a 65-year-old woman giving you a bad rendition of Losing My Religion by R.E.M. <laughs> It's just it's just me singing the Flintstones behind it. <laughs> Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. <laughs> it's easy threes like looking up to see what kind of music is public domain. <laughs> and so it's just it's just the national anthem. <laughs> Happy birthday and Christmas Happy songs. They cost money too much. Oh, okay. Christmas songs. I think a lot of Christmas songs are public domain now. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, and it is the season. It is the getting... season to control your narrative. <laughs> I'm so, like, again, I, there's so many wrestling shows in New York coming up, and I'm just so sad that one of them isn't going to be control your narrative. I hope they find some way to bring this back. Um, well, if and if not, out... yeah. If not, I hope, right. I, hope, I hope there's a really good discount. Uh, for Black Friday, uncontrol your narrative sweatshirts and short shorts. Listeners, join Chris and I in making sure EC3 never has to monologue again. We're going to buy all these sale pants from him, and he is going to live the high life in every karaoke bar in the, the middle Florida area. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on something, Garrett. So. Yeah. Talk about going to wrestling shows. So New York, uh, there's a show coming to town Saturday night. And it is advertising. The main advertisement is it's just Bret Hart and FTR's faces. Right. This is basically big time. Big time wrestling is coming to New York at a venue I've not been to before. It's called Sunset Rooftop in Brooklyn. Um, I'd probably have to take a cab to get there because it's like going from Queens to Brooklyn by train is just the worst. Uh, I don't know why they've done this. Done us all so dirty. Um, there's a lot of people who live in those two boroughs. Um, but I, I want your opinion on whether whether I should, well, a couple of pieces, whether I should go to the show, and if so, how many meet and greets I should buy. Um, so Wait, the t- is, is this the one you want to take your daughter to? No, that's next week. This is not a, a, a friendly time. The show doesn't start until like 8.30. Okay, because at this, I was like, if you're going to buy a Bret Hart meet and greet with your daughter, like, and you treat him like Santa Claus, the things he's like, (laughs) he's like, I wish I could do a Bret Hart voice. Just like, Maddie, how's your dad? My dad would yell at me in the basement. The screams that came from down there were were legendary. (laughs) Do you hear screams in your basement, Maddie? <laughs> my daddy and I do art in the basement. <laughs> and then she gets home. She's like, "Why was the Canadian man so sad?" Because the because the art that hit, that his dad would make with him in the basement was pain. 
<laughs> his dad is more like Hellraiser from the pin, or from the Pinhead from the Hellraiser series. It's like for some people it's pleasure, for some it's pain. Uh, Red Heart, it's both. <laughs> so, so the tickets, to the tickets to the show are thirty dollars, which is a totally reasonable average yeah, reasonable. indie show price. At this point, here's the thing, though. There's literally no way I'm going to this show and not getting a Bret Hart meet and greet. That would defeat the entire purpose. I love Bret Hart. The best there ever was is basically named after the guy. Like, I got to do a Bret Hart meet and greet if I'm going to the show. The Bret Hart meet and greet is $120. I was going to guess $150. Oh, okay. So you think I'm getting a, I might be getting a deal on the Bret Hart meet I and think greet. He's, yeah, I think he must have gotten a good, like, something. He's in a good mood that night. You uh, is it one fifty for an autograph and a photo, or is it? I think it's just one. I think I can check that. Let's let's check that here. Big time wrestling ticket. So, um, it's it's a general admission seat, by the way. I could get a seat with a chair, but or or a specific seat, but that's like twenty dollars more, and that just doesn't seem like it makes sense. Um, Bret Hart combo ticket. Uh, oh no, you're right. Autograph and photo op with from Bret. So I could do find have, something. From, yeah, do you have something of yours that would like be meaningful for him to sign? I've I've got like a Bret Hart um somewhere I've got like a Bret Hart micro brawler that he could he could sign that. <laughs> he see he would intimidate the fuck out of me. Like I did enjoy Bret Hart as a kid, but as a thirty five year old man now, I have nothing to say to him. Like he has nothing to say to me. I, I feel like if I brought him that, he'd be like, hmm, you collect little men, do you? Like, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. I think I think with Brett, you lead with just aggressive praise. You're like, you know, Brett, just today I was watching you carry the British Bulldog at SummerSlam 92 to a five-star match. And he'd go, yeah, I did. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> just Just lead in with just like telling, just telling him like, like pull quotes from the book basically i agree with you sir and he'd be like mm-hmm. wise man over here wow okay so you've never met him this is, i've this never, I've never met time. him this would be the first time it does seem like god damn he's like one of those guys that is like well i obviously you want to meet him before he goes 130 is steep are you gonna go locked and loaded with a question or something to say or are you just like the guy, are you going to grab a quick picture? Get the fuck out of it. Like, I could what? think of something. I mean, I, I don't. I, but Brett seems like he said everything he has to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, the man's book was seven hundred pages. Which, by the way, <laughs> if you've never read Bret Hart's book, I would mm-hmm. recommend reading it. It's it's terrific. I made a tactical mistake though, which is that I took that book on a beach vacation. And I was, I think I was in maybe in the middle when I took it. Like I'd, I'd started the first piece of it and I was somewhere in the middle. So I finished it on a beach vacation. The last 200 pages of the Bret Hart book are basically a series of obituaries for all of his family. <laughs> Not a fun beach read. Not the things Unless- you want to read in the Bahamas. Unless there's a hurricane at the time, then it's like, it feels more appropriate. 
I guess this, yeah, I guess you could comfort yourself during a hurricane with Bret Hart's book, realizing that by continuing to live, you know, you you too could get through all of, like, if, if Bret could get through, you can get through too. Because it is dark. It's a dark couple hundred pages of reading. I mean, terrific. Well written. Excellent. But And they dark. saved it all for the end. Well, well, I mean, all, pretty much all the bad stuff happens in the last half, right? I mean, like, pretty much everyone lives until about 1999, at which point things go downhill very quickly. Also, yeah, Brett I mean, gets kicked in the head by Goldberg, who, oh, as we know, that, is a pud. I, I, <laughs> ask Brett about Goldberg. For <laughs> Derek. Get, just get some angry Goldberg talk. <laughs> Okay, I will, so who else? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I would say, so yeah, so so I think you're saying this seems like it's worth it. Like, getting a solid deal. I get the autograph, too. Um, I get the picture with Brett. Um, he's one of my faves. So here's here's the other question. Do I also do the FTR meet and greet? That's 80. See, now that, see, that's higher than I would have expected. Even though they currently, are they going to have all three belts? They're not lugging that shit through New York. You know, that's an interesting question because I think with all the belts, maybe, maybe I wonder if I could make that a game time decision about like, can I, can like pay the 80 to FTR if I can see that they have the belts just to take a picture with that many tag team belts just seems fun. I bet if you ask them, can I hold all six? And so you've just like you you got your arms out like a scarecrow covered in belts with FTR on both sides. That seems fun. I don't know. They seem like a fun meet and greet. I think it would be possible to like have an actively good time with FTR. Um, Bret Hart is not going to stand up for you. He is going to be in a chair, and you will kneel next to him for a photo. That's true. Because with FTR, basically, I could be like, um. Do you have a couple of minutes? I would just really like to talk about your favorite Midnight Express matches. And they would be like, sure. That's yeah, you just gotta know the the gateway to what they want to talk about. Well, and that's you, I think that's the fun thing about them, right? Is that they they and I probably do want to talk about the same thing and that at least that's one topic we would both want to talk about. You guys could easily have a beer together and enjoy each other's company. I don't know if Brett would no offense to you you're a great guy uh, this this isn't a hit on you i don't think brett wants to hang out with you i think brett again the conversation with brett would have to mostly just be you praising brett and then him telling like <laughs> you being like hey remember that time you did that awesome thing and he'd be like yeah and he would tell you a couple of things about it um and then that you'd have to the next the next conver, piece of the conversation would be, hey, remember that time that you did this and it was kind of amazing. He'd be like, yeah, I remember how great that match was. I laid it out. I was after a certain amount of time, I would look at him and be like, okay, now you say something nice about me. <laughs> <laughs> and his response would be, you have great taste in wrestlers. Oh, you're right. You're right. Here's the card. Here's the card, by the way. Yeah. So, so here, so FTR is wrestling Homicide and Jay Lethal. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is that's going to be a really good match. That, that's part of I think what is getting them. It's like it's at least going to be a fairly good FTR match. I don't know if it's going to be a top tier FTR match, but that's going to be pretty good, 
right? Those guys I didn't are great. Even know they were doing indies. I think they do a, a decent amount of them with this big time promotion. I think they're basically this thing where they Bret Hart walks out with them, they wrestle a tag team match, they make a ton of money doing meet and greets and stuff. It seems like they, based on B, B, Big Time Wrestling's Instagram page, it seems like they do a lot of these. Are um, they the main event? Yeah, that's actually the only name match announced. They, they've The other things announced are like, Davey Boy Smith Jr. will be there. Um, <laughs> in what capacity? I think he's wrestling. Okay. The, SA, the SAT are in a six-man tag team match. Which would make sense. They're a, they're a three-man team. Um, someone named Dream Crusher Danny Miles, who's the BTW champion, will be there. Um, there's a women's match with Tina San Antonio against Tiara James. People probably don't know who they are. Those are t- both two talented women who wrestle in the New York area. What, no disrespect to either of them. I could also see them on a million others. They're, they're just they're good wrestlers who are around. Um, I think it's possible. I feel like I may have seen that Brian Pillman Jr. might be there too. I don't know. This uh, is yeah. this is an odd show to like. That's a weird match to build a card around, like, and to charge what sounded like fifty bucks for a seat. Yeah, fifty bucks for a seat. Thirty bucks for general admission. Which maybe there's chairs with that. I don't know. Um, and the base seat is fifty dollars. Front row is like. 80 or 100 or something? I can look that up. Too much. Too much. Because it's basically, I mean, essentially here, I feel like you're selling me a meet and greet with a wrestling show tacked on, right? This is, I mean, I'm going to this show because I feel like I should meet Bret Hart and he's getting older. And I I do get that. That is, I don't know. I could see that being one that you regret not doing before it's too late. It is, by the way, to be clear, $100 for front row. No one's going to be in the front row. Like, is uh, it a huge building? What is... I will tell you, front row is apparently sold out. Except for most... That once One of the sections of front row is... N- no. Uh, all of them are, I think. All of the front row sections. There's a VIP section that seems to have still have tickets for $300. It's we'll do that. Bre- <laughs> Bret Hart, FTR combo, and the VIP and the front row seat. Which is basically, I mean, that's, I'm going to say it's a good deal, but it's basically the same deal, right? You're basically saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying it's like $100 for the ticket plus 80 for the meet and 80 for the FTR, 120 for Bret. You're basically just combining all of them. I mean, not really a, much of a deal in that. I, you're like, I'm not going to say it's a good deal. I will say it is a deal. It is a deal that sure. they're they're making with me. Um, I don't know that that's this weekend. It's this Saturday night. They're is doing anyone, a are you going alone? Or do you have I a think friend? I'm going alone. I think I'm going alone to this one. Tom's in Ireland. Fax is uh, is working like a, a mad dog. That's why he's not here with us tonight. So I think I think I'm just I think I'm just going alone to meet Bret Hart. <laughs> do you think he'll comment on that? He's like, I see you're alone. <laughs> Where are your friends tonight? <laughs> Have you had a series of tragedies befall your friends as well? <laughs> are, the, are the last 200 pages of your book a eulogy? 
They are, by the way. If if you're interested in this, they're, they're like touring this. Um, they're they're going to a lot of places. Uh, somewhere they were just in Homer Glen, Illinois. I don't know if that's is that a place you're aware of, Garrett? You're from Illinois. I've never no. Unless that's a place that um, Al Snow does stand up, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Waukesha, Wisconsin, the next day. Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the the same guy who's promoting Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Wrestling again, teaming with FTR. But now this is a good show, actually. The, the North Carolina show, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and FTR against uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, Brock Anderson and a mystery partner. So you're telling me that Ricky Steamboat will do this six man, but he would not kill Ric Flair. <laughs> he refused to. Why? Why? Like that would have had to have been the mystery guy is going to be Flair, like Ooh. with a fake mustache on. <laughs> Ricardo Flair. <laughs> <laughs> but. But you know what's but you know what's second from the top on that card? Rock and Roll Express versus the Briscoes. Wait, like whole Rock and Roll Express, like both. Yep, yep. Ricky and Robert. So Robert's already out of retirement. I don't think they've actually retired. They, they're on the tour, the retirement tour. I don't think they had done them. This, them is, this is still happening. This okay. is still the retirement tour. They're like Elton John. It's a three-year retirement tour. It's. <laughs> We're gonna hit every city twice before. We uh, we stop this show. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to Raleigh, but yeah, I get who are they fighting? I'm sorry, I got distracted by the Robbie Briscoes. <laughs> what the fuck? God, that'll be great. That'll be that will. Now be you're considering it. Yeah, now I'm like, well, I guess I'll go to Raleigh. Let's not. It's Thanksgiving. It's the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. So I don't know. Do you have any family in Raleigh? <laughs> no. And <laughs> that week, I'm going to four concerts and four consecutive nights. Mm. Um, that's, that's a busy week, but it's like, come on. Come on, Leah, you got to let me go. It's the Rock and Roll Express. They're on their farewell tour. We couldn't go see Elton John, so you got to at least let me see this. But so the consensus, you think I got it? I've got to at least do the Brett meet and greet. You, and you seem on on the FTR meet and greet. You think I should... Uh, it's worth the money to talk about talk about the uh, um, the Midnight Express with them. I think that they will at least seem excited to meet you. I think they will make you feel better about what you did with Bret Hart. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't know. Like I've just I've I've been to some sad ass meet and greets before, where you just like you meet somebody and you're like, this didn't go the way I wanted it to, and I could see that like. Nine and a half out of ten people <laughs> are not satisfied with a Bret Hart meet and greet. Maybe they are. I don't. I don't maybe I'm. Maybe I'm projecting onto Bret Hart right now. What? Yeah. I. Well, I also kind of think. I don't know. With Bret, I feel like you go in with not huge expectations. You know, I don't. I don't think I'm expecting to have a long conversation with Bret Hart. I'm expecting to sort. I'm there to pay my respects. Essentially, it's kind of like. And this is going to sound like a slightly weird analogy, but when he was in town at the GCW show in September in New York, I did do the meet and greet with Minoru Suzuki. Mm-hmm. We did not say a word to each other. I basically was like, basically bowed to him and we took a picture. 
So, yes, I did the same thing when I went to the Gage Suzuki one. My friend Molly went with me who had never been to a wrestling show. And I was like, come with me. You're going to meet Minoru Suzuki. You don't know who he is, but this will be great. We go, like, we all have masks on. We all get a photo wearing our masks. Do not say any words. And we leave. And I was like, I'll be honest. uh, The reason I didn't talk to him, I don't know how much English he speaks. He's so I, also, you're like, Brett's intimidating. Suzuki's intimidating. He's Suzuki. It seemed, though, like Suzuki would have been willing to try to chat with me more than I feel like Bret Hart's going to be for you. See, here's my thing. Here's where I want to, here's where I want to chat to Suzuki. So some may be aware, some may not. Suzuki has a, a clothing store in Tokyo called Pile Driver. I want I I really want to go back to Japan next year. When I go, I really want Suzuki to be there, and I want to go to his clothing store, and that's where I want to meet. I want to talk about T-shirts with Suzuki. I have been to his store. Ooh, yeah, it's in uh, Harajuku, mm-hmm. and when Leah and I went, we spent so much time trying to find that store. It is very difficult to find. Um, we're walking into stores and I'm like showing people the name and like, do you know <laughs> this? And then they're just like, I, what is this? I have no idea. And then we get the address and we're just in an office building. This is and so, this is the basic Tokyo story. If, if for anyone out there who's been to Tokyo, this is like every story of trying to find something in Tokyo. I literally have no idea how people existed in Tokyo before Google Maps. <laughs> Even no cloak. With, no fucking cloak. Google Maps gets me there, and I'm like, I'm trying to find the scary man's t-shirts. Do you know? Have you seen the scary man? <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up being in the fucking basement of an office building. Like, we, we spent so much of our honeymoon looking for Suzuki's store. And then, like, I get in there, and I'm just like, is the scary man here? Oh. I'm like, no, he is not here today. I'm like, well... Give me the t-shirt. <laughs> but it turned out he had been there all day, and I had spent too much time trying to find it. If I it had taken me two hours less to find uh, the, the pile driver store, I would have met Suzuki. Yeah, I want to do a full, like, uh, Tokyo wrestling thing. Uh, I want to I have Kawada's ramen. I want to I drink mm-hmm. at Yano's bar. Um. Does Toro Yano have a bar? Yano has a bar. Yeah. Is it what kind of just is there a it's theme? Just a bar. I think it's just a bar. That's fun. It's I'll, like a yeah, sports I'd bar. Go. You go hang out. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm all in. All in on that. Because I, I also like, I love Japanese food. So I want to do some more eating. Uh, I, I love Japanese clothing. I want to, I want to get some of that too. I just, I don't know. I love Japan. I want to go back to Japan. Um, <laughs> did, uh, when you went, did you go to Rivera? Yes. So when I went, I was trying. I was telling Leah, I was like, "Can we please go to this? This is like a this is like a re- a steakhouse that wrestlers go to." And she looked up reviews of it, and she's like, "I am not gonna go eat mediocre steak on my final night in town." I didn't think it was that mediocre. I mean, it wasn't the best steak I've ever had, but it was a good steak. I think where she was is I can eat anywhere in town right now. It is my final night, and this is not. Just so you can go look at an autograph photo of Hulk Hogan on the wall. <laughs> it's true. And it is, it's, but it's kind of a, well, maybe again, Garrett, this is why you got to come back with me. When I go, we'll, we'll go, we'll come back. We'll go to Ribera. I, and try, I and try to so find happy. the jackets. 
Yeah, yeah. I would gladly buy one of those jackets. That that would be a prized possession in my wardrobe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's I the steak was good. Basically, you kind of like sit at a bar. And it's very simple. You're, you're basically like, how do you want your steak prepared? Do you want like the corn on the side? Which, yes, you do. Um, maybe there's a, a one other thing on the side. It's all in butter. It's delightful. It's very good. What's Is the other option corn on top? <laughs> Probably. He's <laughs> like, I'm just going to put some corn on here. Tell me where you can put it. <laughs> on the side, please. There wasn't a lot of options. There was not a lot of, it was not an option heavy restaurant. Um yeah, but it was no, good. Did, I, mean, it, I liked it. Did you go to Robot Restaurant? I did not. I did not. I did that, go to the fish market. Did, wait, did you go to the Robot Restaurant? I did go to the Robot Restaurant. Was it um, good? Oh, it was amazing. That was honestly better than Wrestle Kingdom. I I don't mean that. Wrestle Kingdom obviously was great, but like Robot Restaurant was a close second. <laughs> um no, that yeah, I would a hundred percent. I I've been trying to go back. We'd actually right before the pandemic, we're looking into going back to Tokyo, and then, you know, just here we are, and here there's a baby now. Here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figured, you know, Babies by that can go point, to Tokyo. There's no rules. Well, I mean, look, it's not like your sleep schedule is ever going to be normal. Then why not have a baby in Tokyo? <laughs> God, the the scariest thing when we were in Tokyo. Is uh, we were at like we stayed at a few different places. One, we did an Airbnb at somebody's like apartment, yeah, uh, and just got to see like a Japanese apartment. Then Which we stayed we at, like a oh, terrible idea. Oh, I didn't know what any of the buttons did, and I thought I broke her bathroom. <laughs> um, the other one, we stayed at just like a regular kind of like Western style hotel. Um, the other, we stayed at like a very Japanese hotel with like you know the very thin paper walls there was a fucking earthquake in the middle of the night and waking up in tokyo like you're sleeping on the floor the walls are shaking i honestly thought i was stranded in tokyo for the rest of my life in those three seconds of waking up to the room shaking Jeez. okay well i'll try to avoid earthquake we'll try to avoid earthquake season i guess is the. <laughs> i have been watching i getting it's like we could talk about like like current wrestling i did watch dynamite last night um a really happy hangman's okay um although i kind of i will say i had kind of the moment when i saw him so uh, for for the for fans of the show uh i was watching the show a little bit behind last night and uh i i was texting that i was watching the sh- some of the show and derek sent back um just fyi you're gonna be sad and i was like what <laughs> I was like, are you going to, should we, should you spoil? He's like, is this a storyline? And he's like, and by the way, I had just sent, (laughs) he's like, no. And I'm like, I I had just sent it in the context of like something about the elite. So I'm thinking this relates to that. And I'm thinking he's going to be like, yeah, they fired the elite on national TV. (laughs) I don't know. I out. Um, but I figured out later that he was setting me up to know about the, of hangman's injury. Um, which was thank thank you, Derek. It was very helpful. I actually feel like I emotionally I was a little more prepared for that. Cause I feel like I would have been a little more stunned um had I not been expecting something bad to happen. I didn't know what. He didn't spoil me. He's like, I won't spoil it for you, but just just be ready to be sad. Um But it did look to me like it it looked like bad, but he did 
again, like after the move, he was like moving around a little bit. So I was just kind of hopeful they were being very cautious, which is, I guess it turns out what they did. They took him to the hospital and he's got a concussion and he's going to be because but part of the other thing, though, was like my initial reaction was, OK, that looks bad. And then Mox is like, well, hope he gets to hold his kid again. And I was like, whoa, Mox. <laughs> it seems like you. Whoa. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know that like in the moment watching it, like, you know, before I can look at Twitter and see everything like in as it's happening. I kind of thought I was getting worked. And at first I'm like, hell yeah, this brings mock back mocks back up a peg from the Nick Gage thing where not only can he beat a former AEW world champion, he can fucking make the match stop because he hit him so hard. With a with a clothesline, and I thought like this makes him look kind of a badass. Like you know he he destroyed a former world champ, and then I was looking like oh ten minutes left. What are we gonna do with this? And then when Excalibur starts reading like the next six weeks of matches, I'm like okay this is a problem. This isn't how you fill ten more minutes of television if you don't have to. Right, right. And then you well you said that the text thread and our, our responses to you Garrett were basically you're a monster. I don't know, like, Derek, I think he got a little offended, like, I was being like, you're overreacting, and (laughs) today, I actually talked to Derek for the first time in, I think, a couple months on the phone, and uh, he's like, two, he's like, a few weeks ago, you were, like, strapping your, your, uh, your chains to, like, Hangman's horse to get him through the CM Punk stuff, and now you're just like, maybe he's dead, who cares? (laughs) I was like, I don't, I'm not saying that, I was just like, He's, he's, I don't know, like, I didn't think, like, him getting injured is the worst thing, like, but maybe it's because I've been so desensitized to everyone getting hurt in AEW. I mean, they've had had a very bad run in that regard. Um, I mean, again, this was a bump he's taken a million times, and he just kind of landed wrong, it looked like, and again, thankfully it was bad, but not catastrophic. Um, You know, again, I'm, I'm glad, as... You know, I I, I don't want to do the like, well, as a parent, but I, I get the sort of like, that's pretty fucking scary, extra scary if you have a kid and you're thinking about like that stuff. Um, so you're thinking about Hangman's dad. You're just, you're sorry. I thought, I thought you were looking at it as if Hangman was your child. And it's like, that's scary if my kid fell like that. No, I'm thinking about, no, I'm thinking about like as, as. As like a dad, and like if I like landed on my head, I'd be like, "Well, that'd be what Mock said, right?" I would want to hold my kid again. That's what I'm going to do. That's all. I misheard what I, I thought. You're just like I. I'm just. I feel bad for his parents. You know, having to watch on TV and see your kid get beat no, up by John well, that's, No, that's a that's a perspective. No, that's fair. That's perspective too to be watching your son wrestle and be like, "Is he okay?" Like, you know, let's go further. I feel bad for his grandparents. God forbid his grandma saw that. No, them too. I'm with you. No, but I'm no. Way. Um, it is something I have noticed as a as a parent. Have you if you ever have you ever watched that show? Um, oh, what's the stupid the the Netflix show about suicide? Uh, Thirteen reasons why. Thirteen reasons why. I knew I was getting old when I I watched some of that show, and I just sympathized with the parents. I'm just like, man, this has got to be really hard for all of them to deal with their kids being like this. <laughs> I think you hit a certain age, and you just sympathize with different people. Like um, now, if I watch ET, I sympathize with the government. 
being like, we don't know what's going on with him. Like, he probably shouldn't be running around with that kid. We're just asking questions about what he is. We just want to know if this we is reasonable We just want to put him in a bag and ask him some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I do feel bad for Hangman. I don't want to see him get hurt, but I didn't feel like the show fell apart because of it. I thought they handled it honestly very well. I was impressed that in the promos between Mox and MJF that on the spot Mox is able to do some recall to things that MJF said earlier in the night. No, Mox is very good at this. He's very good at this. Um, So yeah, no, and look, I'm certainly excited for that match at full gear. Um, Very curious to see what they do with it. I thought the regal MJF thing was interesting. It's one of those where I was like, I feel like my opinion of that promo will be determined in about a month. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like how that ends up being reflected in the match will kind of determine whether that was good or bad, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Like, it, I, I'm curious. I am curious to see where this goes. I think I have the same thing going into this that I have with every MJF match so far, which is I just, I don't see him having a good one here. And it's not that I don't see him having a good match. I don't currently look at him as somebody who can believably beat up John Moxley. I think that's going to be the big thing. I think it's it's kind of been the biggest thing for him all the way through AEW of like, uh, is mm-hmm. he ready to have the big match? Um, which is also, and I also think it's kind of an interesting thing in the sense that stylistically, a lot of the people he steals from weren't necessarily like big match guys. Like I, to me, in some ways he like physically in the way he moves in the ring, he like resembles Chris Candido a lot to me. And I love Chris Candido, but Chris Candido didn't main event a lot of pay-per-views, you know, and some of that was stylistic and I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious. I'm really curious. I'm I'm open to it. You know, I'm excited to see the match. He continues, yeah. Yeah. He continues to surprise me with every single match. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I've seen a bad one from him on there. You know, because you just you get so few, but he he has impressed me nearly every time. And yet, when the next one comes, I doubt that I'm as excited for it as and it ends up being great. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm curious to see, like, if we get a stipulation with it, what ends up happening. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm on board. Like, obviously, they're gonna get my money forever, and Tony Khan can abuse me in whatever way he wants on the side. Well, they don't have to get your money forever, Garrett. Like, if AEW gets bad, you are allowed to stop watching. But I already gave him Prima Nocta. (laughs) I gave Tony Khan, and he... It just... It feels like that would have been for nothing if I quit watching. (laughs) We were talking about that, though. It's like... I do think sometimes brand loyalty is weird in wrestling. Like, people get so tied up. And... (laughs) It makes slight sense, I guess, in the context of like WWE or AEW, where they are kind of set against each other. Um, but sometimes people like there were people who were like impact stands. Uh, I was in an ROH thing on Facebook because I had Honor Club, and there was like definitely ROH stands who were like, as the ship was going down, who were like, ROH is the only real wrestling, and it's like. Guys, I don't know. Man, are you watching these shows? I mean, they're fine. But, like, this is your only thing? Like, what mentally, how does it work for you that ROH is your world? Um, 
which I don't think is healthy, right? I think it's it's okay to be kind of critical. It's, again, I AEW's got a lot of loyalty for me. It's going to take something for me not to buy a pay-per-view just because they've been so good. But, I mean, I could imagine a world where I don't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I could imagine a world where I am more interested in WWE. I don't get hasn't happened yet, but who knows? I, I There's a lot of good wrestling out there. And I want to go where it goes. Currently, AEW is still providing me with the good wrestling. Like, this last show was great. Like, I, Dalton Castle versus Chris Jericho. A match I never thought I would have seen. A match I never knew I wanted. It was right. great. Loved it. So so glad. I mean, for, you know, Dalton Castle, for Fax and I, Fax, Dalton Castle was our, was our old beast man. Mm. You know, when when mm. we saw Dalton in 2015, we were like, that guy forever that guy we 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 love you um and uh one of i one of the again i think one of my favorite things of the show that we did get to interview him at all in weekend and um yeah so it's so exciting to see him be on a national tv show in front of thousands of people and i hope they keep letting him do that uh i i can't imagine how you wouldn't find a role for that guy even if it's not all wrestling i mean he's just so talented um I would hope there's a way to to use him on the national stage going forward. There's very few wrestlers that I think that you can just take them, not have to give the entire audience their backstory, just put them out there and just visually he gets over with the entire crowd. Uh, Like sending them out there with the 10 boys, making the, you know, the human steps, like seeing him with the, you know, put up the wings, like make the phases. You've seen everything. You feel like you know that character already. Uh, like somebody who's seen him for the first time can be like, I love him. I need more of this. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. The yeah. first time we saw him, yeah, the thing was like, we, I had no context for him. He shows up and literally within five minutes, Fax and I are Googling like Dalton Castle t-shirt. Like, how do we purchase this man's wares? <laughs> like, we're just trying to figure it out. Well, it was, I think the first time I saw him was at a PWG show. And actually, Leo was with me at the PWG show, and whoever he was fighting said something about the boys, and he just very loudly shouted, don't you talk about my boys? (laughs) And my wife never buys wrestling t-shirts. That night, she walked over to Dalton Castle (laughs) and left with a Dalton Castle t-shirt and left with other Dalton Castle t-shirts later in later years going to Ring of Honor shows. So he's he's kind of... uh, you know, doing he's Orange Cassidy. Like he's he's that kind of guy that, you know, just he can get a non-fan into it just based on personality alone. Which I will also plug one of the things about buying a Dalton Castle t-shirt. He has a lot of great t-shirts because a lot of his design work is done by Rockets or Red, uh, a friend of the show who does like such awesome design work. And a lot of the ones you can find on like Pro Wrestling Teaser by him. So um it's really, really he has really, really good stuff because of that. Um, yeah, so go 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 buy go buy a Dalton Castle T-shirt. You should already, yeah. You should be doing that anyway, right? If um, you had one, you know. If you don't have one, go do it. Uh, but yeah, I spent a lot. Of, it's weird though. I feel like I've been switching back and forth. But I've still been watching a lot of old wrestling. I watched uh, while I was working. I had like on in the background, so kind of coming in and out a little bit. But I watched like basically all of 1996 ECW over the last week or so. Um, which really only serves to remind me how fucking good, again, you talk about brand loyalty, right? 
why am I why am I willing to watch Shane Douglas Appalachian Championship wrestling matches? And it's just like, I don't know, that dude was fucking amazing in 1996 for like a year straight. And <laughs> so I'm I'm still brand loyal to him. At that time, was ECW just a weekly show? Was is it like no off weeks? Like there's one show every week the entire year? As a TV show, yeah, because it's basically they're taping TV is basically every three weeks there's an ECW arena show, and then the next three weeks the TV is like stuff from the arena show. Gotcha, gotcha. And you're seeing most of the show except like maybe a um a few the, like the couple of main events they're trying to sell you by making you buy a tape. So did you watch uh, like any specific episode, or were you did you just have it on like? I was just binging it. I was just go I, just hours. I would like turn up and there's like different stuffs happening. Yeah. Um, so I am somebody who I have not watched that. Like I've definitely seen, I've probably seen matches here and there, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I would say like, I'm pretty fresh to like, you know, if you were to recommend me something from the 96 ECW era, like what do I need to go seek out? Oh man, there's so much. That part of the fun thing is that it's a good TV show. Like if you've never watched ECW TV, like it's a like it's bingeable like like you're watching just something on Netflix, right? Because it's very week to week, especially before they had pay-per-views because it's really just all there and you could maybe seek out the couple of big main events you're not getting. Um the thing is don't watch it on the network. Um uh you know, again, we don't like to talk about uh things that are maybe not 100% legal, but um, if you Google the letters RECW, RECW, R-E-C-D-U-B, um, you will find, uh, I don't know, what I would call the correct way to watch this um, with <laughs> um, combining the video quality of the WWE Network with the things that made ECW, ECW, including the um, highly illegal use of music. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay, is, is there anything else they cut out? Like, are they cutting out any? There's some, there's some stuff here and there that's cut. Um, and the other thing is they're cutting, they're cutting all like the advertisements, which is part of, I mean, it gets a little repetitive, but the ECW advertisements were amazing. The stuff that's like advertising the upcoming shows and videotapes. Like there's some of those. Like, it's not six, it's not six, uh, men's warehouse and Spanish commercials in a row, but it is still a bit repetitive. <laughs> There, some of those ECW ads. When I see them, like I basically like my mom, like I can basically recite them. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, yeah, I might start digging into some of that because I, I don't know, I've I've been looking, I've been looking for some old wrestling to watch. Mm. Um, I don't know, just in the nineties, feel like it would be a good time period to jump back in. Right? Yeah, now. we'll talk because ninety six is ninety six is like I think their best year. It's the the best roster and the the stories are consistently really good. And um Shane just goes on a crazy run. He has um, matches with Raven that are amazing, Two Cold Scorpio, Pitbull Two, um and all of the so what so much of what like I love about ECW that is AEW at its best too is really about how sort of the stories grow out of the characters, right? Like Shane moves from babyface to heel, but he's always Shane. He's always the franchise, right? Uh, the Sandman turns face, but the Sandman's always the Sandman. It's just that his character has sort of readjusted itself a little bit. It's a being opposed by Raven, and now we feel differently about him. Um, Too Cold Scorpio. I never, I'm never actually sure whether Too Cold Scorpio is a babyface or a heel. Um, you know, <laughs> but like... Um, 
and and but they're they're so good and there's some of the Shane matches uh I really the one I saw again that I really love is the match with Two Cold Scorpio uh for the for the TV title where Shane like the whole idea is Shane Scorpio's the TV champ Shane's like I only want the world title and Scorpio's like that's bullshit this title is meaningful and so Shane's rest but Shane's wrestling the match with him initially where it's like he's just like he's trying to win by count out um and it's all this stuff and but he sort of he kind of beats the respect out of him in a sense and by the end of course Shane is absolutely trying to win in part because yeah the guy loves the character loves having a title belt of course he does he doesn't really care whether it's the world he'll he'll now say well the ECW TV title is worth is just as good as any world title because that's his cat, right? That's the next step that, of course, now that he's won that, he's like that. And the match is awesome. It's like a 25-minute, you know, classic. I mean, it's, this it's was, so good. This was on television? This was on, was they put it on the television show. Because all because oh, basically wow. every show is, there's no pay-per-views, right? It's just the weekly arena, the three-week, every three-week arena show. And then they're using that to make the TV show. So is it just like an hour a week? An hour a it- week. Yeah. I love that they would burn that much TV on a match. That makes me really happy. Like I, I love those are some of my favorite AEW shows when they just give a lot of time to a match, a single match. They do, and they do that a lot. Where there's something that's like, yeah, this is going to be a great match. We're going to give this a lot of the episode um, because you know, again, the first ECW show I ever saw is the TV title four way with those two guys, Pitbull two and, and Chris Jericho. And it's literally, it's a 35-minute match. There's basically, the rest of the show is like a couple of promos, the TV intro, and then it's that match. And I watched that episode and was like, this is amazing. I want to watch this forever. <laughs> and here I am, 25 years later, still watching ECW. Still, still, wa- still, still literally watching the same, yeah. The same match sometimes. <laughs> you know. Sorry, I so I can see the reflection of what's happening behind me in my computer right now. I don't know if you can see this. I've got ICW. It looks like they were in LA maybe last weekend. I don't know. This was the most recent show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is currently a shopping cart match between Homeless Jimmy and Eric Ryan. And they're standing on top of it. Oh, oh dear. Someone just fell on top of a shopping cart. And that looked worse than many other bumps I've seen. It looks like they've stolen a Dollar General shopping cart based on the colors. <laughs> And, oh, they put tubes on the shopping cart. This is a very wide shopping cart. Like, it is... Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that is a nasty bump. Homeless Jimmy. There's some good names out there right now. Homeless Jimmy, I saw that uh, Circle Six has a guy named Rob Shit. That is just... That's a catchy name. Homeless Jimmy's been around forever. He was in the original XPW. Okay, because they were saying... I (laughs) Earlier, I had this match on and uh, they were talking about him being a legend, but this being his first ICW match. This was his debut at the company and he did defeat Eric Ryan, former King of the death match. Legend is a slightly strong word for homeless Jimmy. Um. (laughs) You wouldn't put like legend is a word you can use for like Babe Ruth, Kobe Bryant, homeless Jimmy. (laughs) It's like, I don't I mean I don't know if anyone from XPW that was just an XPW is really a legend of I mean I like some of those guys. Messiah was good, Supreme was good. I don't 
not insulting them. Just legends just seems like a strong word. That's all. I'll just tell you, in old predetermined, towards the beginning, Derek and I shit-talked um, Necro Butcher. And the only one-star review we ever got for the podcast was from somebody who did not like that we disrespected Papa Necro. I'm just saying, watch what you say about Homeless Jimmy. All I'm saying, I think Necro is a bit more of a... I don't know if you should have disrespected Necro. Necro is a bit of... I mean, he's not my favorite guy in the world, but he's, he's a bit more legendary than Homeless Jimmy. He, obviously, he's a legend because he discovered Beastman. Right. Of course. Um, maybe we'll have to watch some XPW, too. I don't know. Maybe if you're getting into this, we'll have to watch some the old 90s XPW. Um, just don't... Just please, just you just can't watch that whenever your child is around. I mean, at what age do they really start, like, processing what they're seeing? I'm asking for real. <laughs> I need to know. Because I watched some fucked up shit over the weekend that, uh... I watched a horror movie that is questionable whether or not a baby should have seen it. But I, my thought was, he won't remember this. I don't remember things from when I was a baby. Sure. All All I'll say is, you just want to avoid, I feel like, your son, like, coming of age. Like, like coming to mentally while watching an XPW show, because then, like, 18 years later, when you're like, why does he seem obsessed with porn? And, <laughs> and, 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 and light tubes. <laughs> like, he just seems very antisocial, and he's, you know, he's, like, running what's left of, like, AVN or something. You're like, oh, oh, it's the XPW. It's the XPW. If my options are him watching XPW or Paw Patrol, I'm clearly going XPW. <laughs> this... Paw Patrol was very damaging for for the kids. It's uh, you know, I I don't want to get into it. You know, I don't want to get political on here, but those dogs, uh, <laughs> I don't always agree with what they're doing. A cab, a cab, all. Oh, even even that dog. When I actually, I, again, I won't get too deep into this because this is a wrestling podcast, but um, I do have a large problem with the story of the Paw Patrol movie, which is very, <laughs> very anti-city in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I did not like that. Anti-city? Like, that. like yes. city, city bad? Yes. City scary. Didn't like that, that is, but that's the entire view of like a lot of the Midwest and like small towns. Like, I feel like I still talk to people from my hometown that are like city bad, city scary, be careful in city. And I'm like, it's, it's city, city fine, city good food, city culture. <laughs> and I, I did not like, I did not like that I felt that maybe people were being coddled in that, you know. I mean, I guess he We're, does eventually overcome his fear. But, you know. Are you telling me that Paw Patrol isn't produced in City? I mean, Paw Patrol was produced in City, but Paw, I, don't, I don't know who's thinking about Paw Patrol and what they're processing. I, here's, here's the answer, actually, Garrett. Well, maybe we'll end on this. Um, Mar- they announced this week that Marvel and AAA are producing a show for Disney+. And I don't know if it's going to be in America. They haven't said that or it's going to be in English. But that's definitely wrestling. I'm showing a child because if they because if my daughter can watch wrestling and that wrestling is Spider Man, she is fucking in. in. I I wonder if it is. I know. Um, yeah, we can definitely end on this. 
But uh, Bad Bunny signed on to play a Marvel character that in the comics is a luchador. And I wonder if that is this, like if they're actually going to, because Bad Bunny can wrestle, get some AAA guys in there. Like if we get fucking Pentagon Jr. And that's how you get me to watch a Marvel thing. Put Pentagon in it. I don't think it would be Pentagon though. I think it's generally, it's uh, because at least so far it's been other people like under the mask. Like, um, uh, who's the, who's the bad guy from the big Marvel movies? The one that does the snap thing. What's his name? Thanos. Thanos. Like Thanos is Brian Cage. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but they did have Joey Ryan under a hood in an episode of Fuller House for a wrestling episode. So you never know who's under those masks, kids. You never, you never know who's on. That's an important thing to teach them. You never know who's under the mask. Um, But yeah, I I hope we get that. And then that's, that's how we'll, that's, we'll show our children. No XPW. Uh, no, no, nineties ECW or the Attitude Era, just Marvel AAA on Disney Plus. Love it. I am in. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us a follow on Instagram at Predetermined Podcast. Uh, I'm at Gartet. He is at Chris Miggs. Uh, remember, city scary, city bad. Stay inside. <laughs> Watch wrestling. Watch wrestling. The paramedic and fire department ones are okay, though. Um, talking about the dogs. All right. All right, everybody. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Got our uh, goddamn music? <laughs>